Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. G'day mates, how you going? It is the Box Score Breakdown for this Tuesday, the 15th of December 2020, on a day where Yana signed his max deal, five years, $228 million. Bucks fans, Merry Christmas. You have to be excited for that one. It's a win for the small market teams. I'm kind of excited that Giannis is going to uh, stick around. He tweeted loyalty was in his blood and he's shown that very much so. And to those teams who were in the imaginary Giannis sweepstakes, you know, the Raptors, the Mavericks, the Heat, in the words of uh, my favourite Christmas movie, Home Alone, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. You're not getting him. He's staying in Milwaukee. Uh we are the Box Score Breakdown, presented by Hoopball. I am Scotty, your host. You can find me on Twitter at the Harlander two three. My co-host, he is the um, what can I say today? Magnificent dulcet tones of uh, a man who you can find on Twitter at Mister Jolly of Sydney. Mister J, good morning, good evening, and good night to you, sir. Hello. Uh, sorry, I was on mute. Uh, <laughs> after that intro, that was outrageous. What can I say? Except Kyle Guy just hit the winner for Sacramento. Game-winning buzzer beater from Kyle Guy. There you go. <laughs> There's your preseason. We it does not matter later moments because Kyle Guy is not going to be relevant in fantasy this season. But he just hit the game winner, mate. Right as I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You could have heard me screaming in the background. Yes, 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 <laughs> Kyle Guy. Kyle and, Guy. And how's your day been, Mr. J? It's been dog shit, mate, but it's much better now that I'm talking to you. <laughs> so, look, uh, we are presented by Hoopball. We are the box uh, score breakdown. And our lovely friends at Hoopball, Look, they're a great website. They've got all the great content. We love it. We're glad it exists, but they need to keep the lights on. So for a few weeks every year, we sell stuff. This year, it's the best deal in fantasy, uh, and it is HoopBall, and it's called the Fantasy Pass. It's just $4.99 a month. It gets you their entire draft guide, the Brewski 150, our DFS Pass, and all in-season fantasy tools Crazy, absolutely crazy. Uh, I hear the Brewski 150 is going absolutely bananas. And if you subscribe, I'm hearing something about a Discord channel uh, will be up in a matter of hours. So uh, make sure you get over to the Fantasy Pass on hoop-ball.com. Look, don't order out tonight. Cook yourself dinner in and you can pay for it for the whole season. So please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. And speaking of that, we have 
Well, a guy who contributes to that draft guide. He is the assistant editor of Hoopball. He is the producer of the Q&A segment for premium subscribers on Hoopball. He's a Golden State Warriors fan, and so we'll have more about that Kyle guy, uh, you know, buzzer beater a little bit later. He is a manager of a winery, so we'll get the coppers over to make sure he's not drunk and get him tested. Uh, And like our favourite Aussie, Andrew Bogut, the legendary Aussie Andrew Bogut, he's part Croatian. Stevie V, how you going, mate? You know, I'm just uh, just sipping my uh, first glass of wine for the evening, so I'm still I'm still doing pretty well. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of things we're going to have a bit of a chat today about. We're going to break down the box scores, of course. We're going to tell you all the key things. We're going to have a bit of a chat about uh, Stevie V's uh, thoughts on some of the fantasy stuff. But I guess the first thing I want to say is one of the things that is key to winning fantasy is deciding when to take risk and when to avoid it. Very relevant because the first name on Stephen's list that he gave us today was Joel Embiid. So let's have a look at his game today, find out what Stephen and Mr. Jolly really think. So, uh, of course, the Sixers and the Celtics played today. The Sixers got up there 108 to 99. Um, they played, the Sixers played with their, you know, probable main lineup, uh, a three guard wing setup. Uh, Aussie Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Danny Green at the three, Tobias Harris and uh, Joel. Um, so Shake Milton back to run in the bench. What that means, who knows? We'll get to that uh, a little bit later on. Um, but it, it looks like they're all about spacing around Joel Embiid and, and Ben Simmons now. Mind you, Embiid took four threes today and missed all of them. Uh, overall, their three-point shooting was not great. They only did uh, 7 of 27, 26%, but uh, a little run of, of four out of five from Shake Curry and Harris in the third blew the game wide open. Uh, Joel Embiid, that's the guy who Stephen wants to talk about. 17 minutes, uh, 18 points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals. Uh, six from 14 from the field, 100% from the line, 04 from deep. Uh, had a strong opening half, uh, looked sprightly, um, and made the Celtics big man, and no, it's not the boy band Robbie Williams, it's the Celtics Robbie Williams, look like a bit of a tweener. Guarding him, he drew him into a couple of fouls pretty early on. Four fouls, four minutes for a Robbie Williams, and he was riding the pine before half time. Stephen Embiid, let's have a bit of a chat about him today and his prospects for, for fantasy. Your thoughts? So my main thought on Joel Embiid is everyone says that he's injury prone. Yes, he has had injuries in the past, but I actually don't think that the guy is as injury prone as the label suggests. Uh, Some of his most recent injuries, he had a dislocated finger last season. I don't think that's an injury uh, that is, you know, persistent That's something that uh, is a freak incident. I think Joel Embiid is the best center in the NBA uh, from a reality perspective. And so if you're going to take Joel Embiid in the second round, I have no problem with that this season. Uh, There will be a season in which Joel Embiid has his Shaq year. And I think it's coming sooner rather than later. Shakir, Mr. J, do you agree? Would you take him in the second round? 
Wow, Shaq here. That's a huge call. I love it. I love it. I love getting a guest on who's got got big takes, hot takes, wild takes. Because big cojones. His best. I mean, his best season so far, even on a per game basis, um, was eighteen nineteen when he ranked tenth on per game basis. Last season, he was twenty three um, on per game basis as well. So. He's going to have to. Um, I mean, if you're punting turnovers, by the way, he would he would finish much higher than that. So let's be fair to him. But the three point shooting, which he's today, he was zero or four. He's going to have to cut that out if you want him to be like you know, return you first round value. He's going to have to stop shooting these ridiculous three pointers, get inside, and stay um, on the court more more often. So not just the. I think it's not just about the. Uh, the issue with how many games he plays, there's also issue with per game value unless you're punting certain categories um, because, you know, his field goal percentage, he's he's neutral. Um, 0.01 value on field goal percentage last season from, uh, you know, someone who's aspiring to be a first-round centre. That's not fantastic. Like, his rebounding is elite. Um, his points are very good. His blocks are okay, but th- last season... One block per game. Uh, 16, 17, 16, 17, 3.46. So I think if you're taking him in the second round, you're courageous in more ways than one. It's not just about the per, the the, um, the season totals. I think there's issues with per game as well. So eight cat, would you take him earlier as opposed to nine cat head to head? By the way, I actually, after saying all that, just to show you how contrary I can be, I have him in one league. Mind you, I'm playing in 18 leagues. So I have him in one place just in case Stephen is right. Is that an eight cat, nine cat, roto? No, nine cat. I have, I, have him in, I have him in nine cat, roto. Yeah. Good luck with that one. But I, I mean, I took him late in the second round and I paired him with cat. So I've got this just huge big man lineup. In the first three, three of my first five picks were like elite big men. And if I'm going to dominate, dominate those game. categories, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, hey, look, uh, Seth Curry, uh, that's the second one we'll check out. Seven points, three rebounds, one assist, one block. Three from eight from the floor, one from four for three. Last season, per game, uh, 25 minutes, 50% from the field and nine shots per game. A very nice field goal percentage for a late-round fantasy guard and 45% from three uh, for, is that 2.33s per game? Uh, two seasons ago, got plenty of minutes playing for Dallas, got some steals as well. Um, Mr. J, I'll put it to you first. He, he married the coach's daughter, then got traded to that team. Is there a bit of uh, father-in-law, son-in-law bias thing going on there? Yeah, well, I don't know about son-in-law bias, but certainly he didn't want his son there, didn't he? Have you seen the the uh, the take where he said something like, someone said, we were thinking about getting this, some people in the Sixers were thinking about getting his boy in and he said, we don't want, we don't want that trouble with Austin Rivers on our team. <laughs> and that's probably because, you know, he gave his dad that big send off when he got ejected in the game, and you know he was waving at him as he left the court um, and calling on the on the crowd to kind of give him the big raspberry. So, yeah, look, um, Seth is an interesting one. It'd be interesting to hear what Stephen thinks about him. I, as a late round guy, I'm I'm definitely interested in Seth Curry. Yeah, so as, with Seth Curry, I just think that there's uh, 
first of all, Doc Rivers at the helm in Philadelphia, I think is going to change a lot of things from Brett Brown. Uh, I think they moved a lot of, uh, they added by subtracting this offseason, and they added a lot of three-point shooters. I think Seth Curry is their best three-point shooter, and I think he's going to be taking a lot of threes this year. I think if you're uh, in the last round of your draft and you need some three-point help on your team, I think Seth Curry is a very attractive option sitting on the board there. So some other scores for the Sixers. Uh, if you listened to yesterday's pod, if you haven't, go back and download it. We had the man. Uh, he is Dan Bespris, our pod father. Uh, so the pod uh, is called Luca. Dan is your pod father. Go and check that one out. He spoke about Tobias Harris. He did pretty well today. 16 points, nine rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. Um, did pretty well. Tyrese Maxey, guys, rookie, Ken Ball, the guy got a few of his own shots a few times, finished at the rim, hit two runners in quick succession. Is he one to watch? He looked he looked good. Yeah, he looked very good. He's got good handles and he was able to get past the first defender. Um, he finished at the rim and then he followed that up with two shots where there were little runners in the paint, that little, speaking of curries, that little uh, Seth Curry, uh, Steph Curry, <laughs> running style shot or Van Vliet and other guys do it. Lowry does it as well. So he looks like an interesting one. Obviously it's for deep leagues or dynasty, uh, you know, wouldn't be taking him in redraft, but an interesting one to watch for sure. And Stevie, uh, Tyrese Maxey, anything to say there? You know, I did like some of the moves Tyrese Maxey had tonight, but I actually liked the rookie on the other side of the ball. There was a play where Tyrese Maxey drove to the rim and Aaron Naismith, but just totally swatted it away, and I was really impressed with him. I think if uh, I'm going to pick a rookie out of this game, it's going to be Naismith over Maxi. Aaron Naismith, uh, deep dynasty league kind of things. They're, they're also talking about Pritchard. He's another rookie uh, with Kemba Walker being out and, and Grant Williams being thrown in the mix. Look, I... He's an interesting guy for sure, but there's there's quite a few with the Celtics, isn't there? Because the other one who's not a rookie but is very interesting is Grant Williams. I think if you're looking for a breakout guy on the Celtics, it's Grant Williams is the one that you want to grab. Um, he's going to have the minutes for sure, Naismith. And like, like any rookie, like when I'm talking about Maxi, I'm not all high on <laughs> Maxi like he's going to be fantastic or anything. But, uh, yeah, if you want to find like a breakout guy, Grant Williams is the is the guy to grab late in drafts. And just the last one with the Sixers, Shake Milton. I saw some interesting stuff on, on Roto-Wire. Um, him as a six-man, we know, Doc. Uh, generally, his guys who he's had as six men have been fairly fantasy-friendly in uh, Trez and, and Lou Williams. Any interest, guys, or only in deep leagues for, for Shake? Oh, I, he's another one that's borderline, I think. I, I don't know what Stephen thinks about him, but he's like the sort of the six-man six guys. I mean, you've got guys like him, Jeff, Le, Jeff Teague, Rondo, Lou Williams, all those kind of guys, they, 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 they could tend to flitter in and out of the waiver wire. Obviously, Lou Will is a bigger name guy, but Shake's ceiling is probably like moderate Lou Will. So, yeah, I don't know if I'd bother. Yeah, out of those three guys you mentioned, I think I would take Jeff T just because of uh, 
you know, the injury to Kemba Walker on the Celtics uh, over Shake Milton. He had a really nice game tonight, but it's preseason, um, and I just don't see it. I don't see him as a standard league value. Uh, if you go to, like, maybe a 16-team league, 14-team league, then maybe he could be on the end of your bench there. But uh, in a standard league, I, I wouldn't uh, take a flyer on Shake. Okay, so now let's go back to the Celtics line. Jason Tatum, 22 minutes, 10 points, four rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. Uh, Four from 13 from the floor, two from five from the line, and 0 from four from three. Uh, Stephen, what's your take on Tatum? Uh, Get on your soapbox, sell him, or knock him off your pedestal. Do whatever you want to do, mate, but have a bit of a – put some cojones on the line when it comes to uh, Jason Tatum. So, uh, like like my comment about Joel Embiid, I'll, I'll make another bold claim here on Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum is going to be an NBA MVP within the next three seasons uh, pretty easily uh, out of any of the young guys in the NBA, any of the young wings. He has the highest potential. Uh, you guys have been talking about your drafts. So, I was in a draft. I re- I've been in four drafts so far. And I really wanted a piece of Jason Tatum. In one of my drafts, he fell to 11th. And I think it was the happiest I have been in a draft so far selecting a player. I was ecstatic to get Jason Tatum at 11 in a nine-cat head-to-head league. I I think the guy, the ceiling, he's 21 years old. He's already producing, what, last season he was a borderline first-round value uh, and now Kemba is gone or Kemba's injured to start the season. I think Tatum is going to increase his assist numbers. I think he's going to continue to score very uh, in an efficient way. I see nothing but the sky as the limit for that guy right there. So, Mr. J, last season he was eighth on totals and 13th on a per game value. How good can he be this season? Is, you know, him falling to 11 sounds pretty tasty. He fell to me uh, on the turn at 12 in a draft I did earlier this week. I took him and then and KD. Um, your thoughts on the ceiling? How good can he be, Jason Tatum? Oh, uh, well, it's one of those questions too that what's the difference between fantasy and real life sometimes. So how can he, how good can he be in real life and fantasy? There's one crossover, which is I think his field goal percentage and maybe his assist. So last season he was a minus 0.73 um, Z score on field goal percentage. That's a bit of a hit from somebody who's in the first round. Now somebody like Harden makes up for that because he has like, super elite category like you know his point scoring and his free throw percentage on massive volume those are super elite categories and he only really hurts you badly in turnovers and he gets steals and blocks from the guard position now i know comparing people to harden is a bit unfair but like that's just that's an example whereas the issue i think with tatum is he has three very good categories he has three just sort of average and he has the bad field goal percentage and, and turnovers, which don't really matter, but they do matter if you've got one other category that's bad. So my question, I guess, for Stephen would be for him to, and I mean, Stephen was talking more about, I guess, about real life, but in fantasy, for can he get beyond like that 
total of eighth or per game of 13th, where does the improvement come from? That's my, my question. Does it come in rebounds? Does it come in assists? Can he fix that field goal percentage? Because if he doesn't, it, that's his ceiling. Uh, so I don't have his field goal percentage on hand. Do you have it on hand from last season? Um, I, I don't have the exact field goal percentage, but I just know that on on his value was negative 0.73. I think it was about 0.43 or something like that. So here it is. So his first three seasons in the league, he shot 47.5%, 45%, and 45%. So And he's increased his volume in each of those first three seasons. Mm. So his scoring numbers have gone up dramatically, and his field goal percentage has not dropped off that significantly. Uh, mm. I do think that you could see him getting back to his rookie uh, numbers of 47% from the field, um, which I think would be a huge increase. I also, uh, his assist numbers have gone up, not significantly, but uh, his, you know, season over season, he increased it by 0.9. He was at 2.1. And last season, he was at 3.0. I think that's the area in which there could be mo the biggest improvement, the biggest jump this upcoming season. Because I could see him getting those assist numbers to maybe 4 or 4.2 somewhere around that range uh, with Kemba sidelined. He's clearly the man in Boston. And yes, on a reality perspective, I do think he can win the MVP. From a fantasy perspective, I think it's going to be very difficult for him to become a guy like James Harden um, from a fantasy perspective. But I do believe that he could be the sixth, seventh, you know, back of the second half of the first round, early, early part of it. I mean, that, that's a fair, fair comment. That's a safe bet as well compared to some of the other guys that are going late in the first round because some people are taking like, I don't know, a Paul George or a Kawhi or a LeBron James. Um, those kind of guys are going there uh, and they have risk because of the rest games and stuff. I've got nothing against Tatum. Um, I just, yeah, be interesting. If he gets to six or seven, that's, that's pretty amazing. Now, uh, Kimball Walker, we want to have a chat about him, even though he didn't play in today's game. Uh, we know he's out injured at the moment. He had stem cell injections in his knee. He's out until at least the first week of January. And I was thinking, geez, that's a long way away, but it's only two weeks away uh, after the, the season starts. So three weeks away since we're you know seven days away from the season proper. Um, I guess the question is when will he come back Um and, you know, as we saw in the bubble, will he be effective as he lost his burst? He needs that speed. He's not overly tall. So, Stephen, given the $140 million they invested in him, when will the Celtics get their value? Not to mention bold fantasy owners taking him in the 70 to 100 uh, pick range. So, unfortunately, Kemba seems like the best guy in the NBA. He just seems like such a great guy. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to talk negatively about him, but will the Celtics ever get the value of that contract? I don't think so. Unfortunately, uh, injuries are just – the knee injury is just such a huge concern. Uh, I took him in one spot in a uh, very deep draft of mine. I think I got him around 120 or 130. And I'm wondering if that was a little bit uh, too early for him. Where would you guys uh, toss it back to you guys? Where would you guys select him in fantasy drafts this upcoming season? Well, for me, um, I am a bit risk averse, much like 
the pond father. Um, and so I, I, I just I don't have him. I don't take him. I, I ignore it, even though it's only two weeks. Uh, I think Jeff Teague probably takes a bit of value. Mr. J, you? Look, last season when he was healthy, he was, I think, what was he ranked? He was 45th on per game, 57th on totals. But the elephant on the room is after his injury return, he was 108th and his only good category was threes, which is, and if you think about what you can get, even I think if he was there at 120, I would take him in a league or two, but I'm in a lot of leagues. If I was only in a couple of leagues, I wouldn't because I'll just grab Terry Ross in the last round instead. If I'm going to get threes, might as well just grab that. Threes and points, I can get it from Terry Ross. What was his stats like last season, Mr. J? Uh, well, so 25 and four with a tasty 3.23s and one steal, 86% three throw percentage. But again, uh, on, on I think, five shots a game or something like that. So decent um, boost for your three throw percentage as well. But like I said, even after, when he came back from injury, even his three throw percentage fell off. Yeah, Kemba is going to be an interesting player this upcoming season. The The only league that I did take him in was a, a 300 deep draft. And like I said, it was around 120. And I kind of regret grabbing him because I, I think I'm with you, uh, Mr. Jolly, on, on Kemba. I just I'm very nervous about him. Uh, and I, in the same token, uh, at the end of drafts, if Jeff Teague is sitting out there and you need a little bit of help from a point guard position, I think Jeff Teague is going to start out the season very strong um, for somebody you could take with the lineup. Well, Jeff Teague today, 18 points, four from four from deep, uh, four from four from the line, no assists, but perhaps the Celtics shooting 40% um, and 29%, not not so much all his fault, Mr. J? No, definitely not. Like the Celtics, and this happens with them sometimes when they lose games, just their their shooting is not good enough. And this is Tatum. Uh, you know, Stephen mentioned that he thinks his his field goal percentage can improve, and, and it could, but he... He upped his three-pointers from, I think, four per game in the, those earlier seasons to seven per game last season. And today, his field goal percentage and his three-point percentage was putrid. So, yeah, you can't blame Jeff Teague for not having any assists today because <laughs> he threw up like an, an empty line. It was like a Rui Hachimura line of like just basically points and, and threes and nothing else. And, of course, we mentioned Pritchard before, 16 points off the bench today. Will he eat into Teague's value, do you guys think? I don't know. Um, Not all of these rookies are going to get an opportunity, probably, if you look at the way things work out. Probably one of them, you know, gets an opportunity, Naismith or Pritchard. Can you see both of them, Stephen? I I don't think so. Yeah, I... I I'm not in on Pritchard. Uh, I think the Celtics are loaded with a lot of uh, young point guards, maybe not rookies, second-year guys. They also have uh, Langford, who's out with, I think, a hand injury. They got um, Tremont Waters, who was a second-round pick, and they also have Carson Edwards. Out of all of the rookies, the rookies and young players on the Celtics, I think I actually do like Aaron Naismith. Uh, to get rotation minutes because I think he could be a solid three and D defender um, in the NBA today. Um, do I think he's going to get more than 12 
14 minutes a game? No, I don't think so. But uh, Peyton Pritchard, I think this was a, a preseason game on that one. Quickly, we need to pause the show for an announcement, and it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. And what is it? The Bruise Letter is back. Oh, yes, it's back. Back and fresh for the 2021 NBA season. Our founder, Aaron Bruski, is writing an email newsletter filled with his most intimate fantasy nuggets. As I said yesterday, not just the Denver Nuggets, but fantasy nuggets for every team. It's exclusive content you can't find anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on the podcast. And I'm hearing a rumor he may be joining us on this podcast at some point very soon. It's not on social media either. It's only on the email newsletter. You can sign up and get it for free. So go to bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021. Bruiseletter is spelt like brew, like cold brew coffee or uh, brew like beer if you're an Aussie. Uh, B-R-E-W-S, then letter 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly, B-I-T-L-Y slash bruise letter 2021 Aaron Bruski straight to your inbox so let's go to game number two gentlemen uh the San Antonio Spurs the Houston Rockets uh the Rockets getting up there 112 to 98 no Christian Wood for Houston uh nice to see Harden on the floor uh let's start with San Antonio Spurs and LaMarcus Aldridge Stephen do you want to do any PDA for LMA? That's <laughs> the cheesiest line you've ever come up with. PDA for LMA. You, you take this one, Stephen, definitely. <laughs> All right. Uh... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So with LaMarcus Aldridge, I just see him from a fantasy perspective slipping down drafts so late. It's... It's like candy when you're able to select him like around 60, 70 in some drafts. Uh, I I think there's tremendous value. Sure, there's risk if he gets traded, but the Spurs uh, with Greg Popovich are unlike other organizations. They might uh, look to make the playoff run again this season. Uh, They weren't able to last year, Um, but LaMarcus Aldridge, even if he does get moved uh, in the latter half of the season, uh, he has a better chance of sustaining value uh, opposed to DeMar DeRozan if he gets moved. So I just really think there's a lot of value in LaMarcus Aldridge. He's he's a boring guy uh, from a fantasy perspective these days in his in his mid-30s. But uh, LaMarcus is just um, just a tremendous value this year on the board for me. So the line for LaMarcus was 23 minutes, 12 points, uh, two rebounds, three assists, one block, uh, one from four from deep. He took 10 threes in the previous game. So uh, Mr. J, he's sliding down, as Stephen suggested. Are you getting any bit of uh, LMA? Have you got any PDA for him? Well, uh, Stephen used the word candy. It's like eye candy, isn't it? I've got – I look, every time I want to grab him, somebody else has grabbed him. So I've got a few more drafts to go, and I think I will. Short answer is, as long as he 
his injuries hold up and nothing sort of no funny business happens at the end of the season. Like if the Spurs are out of the playoff picture and he's still around, who knows? But um, as long as there's nothing weird, he, he's definitely good. But getting those kind of threes out of a, a center that still rebounds really hard for you and has, you know, decent three throw percentage as well. Uh, yeah. Give me some, give me some LMA. There we go. Public display of affection. I'll give him a big kiss on the cheek for sure. <laughs> uh, and Keldon Johnson, he's injured right now, um, but he exploded at the end of the bubble. Uh, a very popular dynasty grab. Do you like to get him in redraft too, Stephen? Uh, you know, redraft leagues, now that he's injured, I would not take him with my last pick uh, of drafts. I would, I would definitely keep him on my watch list because I think uh, when he gets back to the court, which is supposed to be – uh, in the next couple weeks, uh, I do think he's going to get rotation minutes. Uh, and I do think there's a chance that out of all of the young guys not named uh, DeJounte Murray and Derek White, I think Keldon Johnson is the guy to watch. Yeah, look, I'm a big fan of Keldon Johnson in Dynasty. I think in all, pretty much three quarters of this year's startup dynasties, I, I set up, I think, three or four new Dynasty leagues I've got Keldon Johnson in a few places. If you look, his 2019 per game value was 185, but he was 42 in the bubble. Um, so, yeah, his field goal percentage. The only scary thing I think is his field goal percentage was his most elite category. Um, free throws are okay. So, in redraft, a late round upside grab stash. If you've got you know a league that has IR spots. It's worth considering for sure. Is he a real top 50 upside long-term or more, you know, a, a bit later than that, Mr. J? I think, I think I think he potentially does have top 50 upside because, I mean, he, he showed it in the bubble. If anyone can go for like and play eight or ten games and provide top 50 value, then I think it's fair enough to, to guess that they, they do have potential top 50 value in the end. But, you know, like any – anything can happen and other people come along. He's got Derek White and DeJounte Murray there. Although, you know, Derek White is not as young as people think. He's like 26 or something like that. So hopefully there's value for all three of them in San Antonio. Yeah, but remember in the bubble too, not every team was there playing, you know, so mm. it, it skewed quite a number of stats. Yeah, Keldon Johnson, uh, you know, sometimes when I'm looking, evaluating players, I try and figure out who is good at basketball. And I actually, I just am impressed with the way he plays the game. I think he's a um, very uh, gritty uh, competitor. Uh, I think he does all the right things on the court. So I think he's going to earn minutes for himself. And if he earns minutes, I do think down the road, he could potentially have, you know, anyone could have top 50 upside. I don't know. That could be there. I, I would say like maybe closer to top 75, top 80, if I was going to project, you know, two years down the road where he could be. Um, but yeah, I, I see some upside. I don't think he's ever going to be a star player, but I do think he's going to be a role player in the league for a long time and can have fantasy value in that role. Lonnie Walker also played 26 minutes today. 17 points, one rebound, one assist, two steals. Uh, did fairly well. I want to ask you guys about one of my 
sort of favourite rookies. Devin Vassell uh, played pretty well today. 30, almost 32 minutes, 11 points, four rebounds, one assist, four steals, shot 50% from the floor and one from deep. Uh, I threw this one off the cuff. Mr. J, uh, how do you feel about uh, Devin moving forward? Is it Pop going to give him that opportunity? Is he more of a dynasty dash? Can we pick him up late, put him on the watch list? The short answer is no. Um, we can't trust Pop with rookies and even with Keldon Johnson. Uh, who knows? Pop could stuff that up for us as well, like he, he his want to do. We don't know if Keldon Johnson will get enough minutes when he comes back. Like So uh, he looks like a good player and he's definitely one for the future, but not in redraft. And uh, Aussie Paddy Mills, I've always got to throw the Aussies in since Aaron and I both uh, from down under, uh, 19 minutes, nine points, two rebounds, two assists, two steals for Paddy. Uh, a nice little uh, teardrop sort of uh, floater as well. He did extremely well for Houston. Let's go to those guys. James Harden back on the floor for Houston. I've got to be honest, I didn't think I'd see it. 12 points, three rebounds, four assists, two steals. He steals and blocks a, a reason you probably shouldn't panic in the situation that he's in, I guess, guys. Um, you know, Stevie, I didn't think he'd be on the floor, did you? You know, everything in the last couple of weeks has... I've gotten to the point where I've become numb to James Harden and the drama surrounding him. Uh, and it's just such an unfortunate situation down there in Houston. You know, I think there's so much more risk associated with having the number one overall pick this year than in, I don't even know how many seasons, just because of the chaos surrounding Harden. He's going to be a you know top tier fantasy player, but there is just, it's just an ugly situation, and I don't think it's going to get any better down there. And uh, Mr. J, uh, you probably thought he'd be playing for the other team, the 76ers, and Ben would be in the Rockets jersey. Did you think that? Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't think that, although it still could happen. Um, yes, uh, look, we don't know, do we? He could be gone, like, all of a sudden, just out of the blue and on another team, and then we're everything we say now looks like idiotic, but I, yeah. Where's he going to go? Is he going to go to the Nets? Are they really going to give up Ben Simmons after the stuff that Doc Rivers has been saying? It looks like they've built the team around Ben Simmons and Jojo. I think they want to give it one go with Doc Rivers before they sell the farm to, to get um, Harden and the Nets. It sounds like they don't want to give up the players that, that the Rockets want either. So I wasn't expecting him to change hands, but and I and I hope it doesn't happen because I'd like to see Ben have another crack with the Sixers. Let's not forget they were only one um, Kawhi Leonard really lucky shot away from knocking out Toronto and maybe you know going through to the NBA Finals on that and with that team they had before. Mind you, of course they had Jimmy Butler, but still, let's have another crack with Ben in Philly. I, I'll put it out there. I don't think Ben's leaving Philly. I think that Houston are asking way too much uh, and Philly aren't willing to to give all that up. And I don't necessarily think he'll go to the Nets either. I think there's another team out there that's going to come from absolutely nowhere and make this trade happen. Although the second guy we're going to talk about may have changed James Harden's uh Thoughts about getting a trade away, and that's his buddy John Wall. Uh, had 15 points, two rebounds, 
three uh, three assists, three steals, which is absolutely tasty. Thirteen shots, which led the team. Uh, that could be significant, Stevie. Uh, John Wall, the outlook for this season, and where would you draft him? You know, uh, John Wall is a really interesting player this year coming back after what a season and almost two seasons missed. Um, I don't have any John wall because he always goes before I would even think about drafting him. Uh, I wouldn't take him before the top 75 uh, just because I think that there is a lot of bust potential there. Um, Yeah. He makes me really nervous. Uh, He, Definitely looked good tonight, and if he continues to look like he did, I mean, perhaps the ceiling for him is top 50, but I think the floor is closer to top 150. And so it just makes me very nervous. I'd rather get a a safer guy who maybe the ceiling is top 60, but the floor is top 75, top 80. Uh, I do. I I probably stupidly I pick him up in dynasty as well I've got a dynasty team that is I think I mentioned it before it's Harden Kyrie KD and I've even got John Wall in there as well I think I've got Eric Bledsoe it's like the all like sort of 30 plus um injured guys or near but who could be provide huge value so yeah look those those threes and the steals the three steals that is tasty so, look, uh, I'm going to pause for a quick break. When we come back, though, the Golden State Warriors, we're going to have a chat about those guys and that game that they played against the Kings where they got done in the final seconds. That is Stevie's favourite team. Uh, we'll have that after I read his quick ad from mybookie.ag. I've said it a few times. We all love a bit of a flutter. I'm going to get that out there. Just It's not just an Aussie, Aussie way of saying bet, flutter. I'm going to get it out there. My bookie, great place to uh, have a flutter, put on a bit of a bet. You know what? If you did not feast on their Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet of up to $250, it was basically a free shot at doubling your money. If you didn't get on that, what are you doing? But seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of. It's not difficult to find some value in those lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in these thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge and make your bet and get paid. That's right, get paid. They boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic tables, slots, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close. So continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use the promo code HOOPBALL to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200 and they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you're already planning to bet this season, this is betting free money. It's winning season at MyBookie. So come on and join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. So, of course, the final game for today, the Warriors 113 uh, got downed by the Kings 114. 
Um, look, I could talk about anyone. This this squad is ridiculous. Stephen Curry, uh, Stephen Curry, we're glad he's back. That is ridiculous. Uh, 29 points today in his 28 minutes. I think his hand's okay. Um, but I kind of want to have a bit of a chat about... Uh, this centre rotation between uh, Chris, Looney, Wiseman, uh, Stephen, they're your team. How is this centre rotation going to shake out? So to be honest, I don't know. But what I do know is that there are three quality centres on the roster. And from a fantasy perspective, I have seen Wiseman go as high as 75 in redraft leagues. And I just, it makes me nervous thinking that people are drafting a player who played three games in college and has yet to play in the preseason, and he's getting so much buzz when the Warriors have Kavon Looney, who has started both of the preseason games, albeit Wiseman has been out, and they also have Marquise Chris, who came on very strong last year, and I believe Marquise Chris, he was uh, one of the best shooters from distance tonight he took four threes and made three of them. I didn't even know that was in his repertoire last season. Uh, I've seen him take quite a few this preseason, maybe six or seven, and he was very good uh, this evening. So I think it's going to start the season, if I were to guess, as a three-way timeshare, and I just don't see how you can invest such high draft capital into a rookie, uh, even though James Wiseman has a ridiculous what, seven foot six wingspan and has all the makings of a quality center. I just don't know if it's going to be uh, so early in his career. Chris had 17 points, nine rebounds, two assists, one steal, three threes. Mr. J, three threes from a big guy's uh, rather enticing for fantasy purposes. Yeah, and, and he provided value in 12-team in redraft last season off the waiver wire. Like, I, I think I picked him up in a couple of leagues and in other ones, you know, someone beat me to it. Shout out to my buddy, James, who was a, he's a big Marquise Chris fan. And he's like Stephen, a Golden State Warriors fan too. And he's still drafting him this season, but he's going undrafted in a lot of leagues. So I would just say, agree with everything Stephen said just there. And one last player I'm kind of intrigued about is the potential development and evolution of Jordan Poole. Again, they're your team, Stevie. Um, mate, Talk to me about Jordan Poole. So Jordan Poole struggled a lot last season. He uh, had a way bigger role than anyone expected with the Warriors just decimated by injuries. He was not ready for the role by any means. He struggled. He couldn't shoot. Um, he, he couldn't shoot anything into the – it was awful. Uh, but he went down to the G League. He came back towards the end of the season – and it seems like he's a really hard worker. Uh, I've heard reports that he's the first guy into the gym. Uh, he is working with all of the assistant coaches during the offseason as much as he could. And he's looked really good in these first two preseason games. Now, I wouldn't take him in a redraft league, but I am very high on Jordan Poole's uh, future potential in the league. He's not going to be another Jacob Evans, um, who was a complete bust for the Warriors. Uh, in the late first round. But uh, Jordan Poole, I think he's going to stick in this league. And I think he will be a good shooter, a good three-point shooter. Uh, He plays a little bit of defense. 
and he works really hard. He's a very hard worker, and I think that will uh, stick. And let's have a look at the other side of the ball for this game and the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Glenn Robinson, the third, uh, pretty bad today, but can he have value? Uh... So with uh, with GR three, I mean he's been uh, he's been around the league already. I think it's only his what fifth season in the league, and he's been on probably six, seven teams. Uh, so he's good enough to get traded for, and unfortunately he hasn't been good enough to stick with a team. However, uh, last season he performed well with the Warriors. He got traded to Philadelphia, and you know he didn't do as well there. With the Kings, I would keep him on your watch lists in case they have an injury, because I think he could easily be plugged into the starting lineup and I think he could produce, you know, fringe top 125 value for stretches um, if he gets the opportunity, which as you look at their roster, they don't have as many backup forwards with experience in the league. So I do think he will be a rotation piece for the Kings. And I think he's just someone to keep on your radar. Not that he's going to blow anybody away but he could be a nice pickup uh, in case there's an injury uh, on the Kings. And Buddy Hield, uh, 18 points, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, five from 10 from deep. Sheesh, that's uh, not bad going for for Buddy Hield. There seems to be some improvement in this offseason. Are you feeling a little more encouraged, Stephen? I was a big Buddy Hield fan last year. Uh, I'm a big Buddy Hield fan this year. Um, he, for some reason, has a somewhat negative reputation in fantasy circles. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is gone. Thank goodness that they don't have two quality starting shooting guards on their roster. So the path is clearer than it was last year. And he is just one of the best shooters in the game. I think he had at least one four-point play. Uh, in tonight's game, and I believe he's with Steph Curry and James Harden for the most four-point plays in recent NBA history. Um, so I think Buddy Hill is a very safe pick in the middle rounds of drafts. Uh, I have him in one spot, and I wish I had him in more, quite honestly. And Mr. J, would you touch Buddy Hill? Yes, I would def I would definitely touch him. I would maybe, maybe do that's the wrong of word to say. I, would, like, uh, I don't mean I would, you know, uh, all over his face. I would give him just in case anyone misunderstands, I would give him a very big hug and say, Buddy, have a big season. Everybody's rooting for you, even though you're a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and- I mean he, I mean sorry, sorry, I mean he comes across Dan by the way said we can say he said two words we're not allowed to say, but he did he he said he didn't say I couldn't say that. But look, he the guy who comes comes out demanding money and then he seems like a bit of a locker room toxic guy. Like, um, it's ironic because he's got that name Buddy, isn't it? But Buddy's one of those names, isn't it, where like depending on the tone you say it, it can be insulting or loving. So I am backing him because I think he'll make a lot of people playing fantasy very happy and I like people. But as a person himself... I don't think he's the nicest guy. He's the flip side of Kemba. Let's let's maybe that's a good way to wrap it. And look, Kyle Guy uh, had the game-winning buzzer beater. He did pretty okay tonight. Twenty points, three rebounds, three assists. Um, look, and six from ten from deep. 
<laughs> All right, look, so that's the end of the box score stuff. I'm going to take a break uh, and have a quick word about Manscaped. Before I do that, though, Mr. J, you've got to disappear a little early today. Did you write the podfather a note just to explain why? I've, I have, mate. I've, I've got my note all set up. Yeah. yeah, good. When we come back, I'll have a chat to Stevie V, our guest, just around the coronavirus, uh, some interesting stuff that happened in the NBL, the Australian version of the NBA last night, and a few rapid-fire uh, things as well. Mr. J, thanks for joining us. We'll chat soon. To all the ball handlers out there, before you throw on your team's gear, make sure you take care of below-the-waist grooming for yourself. Our partners at Manscaped are here to save your boys from taking on a double team of nagging defenders so you stay clean and take care of yourself where it matters most. Manscaped are here to sync the competition and deliver the best tools for your below-the-waist grooming experience. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting their greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is simply the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced. Their Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved lawnmower, waterproof, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you for when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with a crop preserver and a crop reviver. The crop preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, which ensures that your afternoon stroll doesn't end with your balls getting caught up to your leg. The crop reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with a soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. God, this is crazy. And it will give your balls a boost. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code hoopball20 at manscaped.com. It's a whole new ball game. Get 20% off and free shipping. Take advantage of this limited time offer for Manscaped. All-star lineup and try it for yourself. 20% off free shipping with the code hoopball20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code hoopball20 when things get hairy in the fourth quarter. Make sure you call on Manscaped in clutch time. All right, so look, we've done the box scores. We're just going to do... A couple of little things. So Stevie V, last night um, we had a bit of a chat off here where the NBL are in the midst of their preseason, much like the NBA. Uh, whilst the NBA are seven days away, I think the NBL's uh, maybe slightly longer um, before they start. But a game, a preseason game between the Perth Wildcats and the uh, former Illawarra Hawks, Lamelo's former team, played a, a preseason game in Perth last night where fans were at the stadium. Uh, do you feel like you can go back and see live basketball on the floor in the near future? I think that it's possible in certain regions of the country. I'm out here in California, and I don't think that the state is going to permit it uh, this upcoming season. Uh, Unfortunately, um, happy to have basketball back. In other places, I have heard that they're going to let fans into the stands. I forget exactly which team I saw on Twitter. Uh, Perhaps it was the Magic that were going to have a capacity of 4,000 when the season started up, which is, you know, very small. Um, I do think it's going to happen in uh, some markets, maybe a third of uh, 
the NBA markets this upcoming season. And then by the time next season rolls around, I think we'll be in full swing. Now, speaking of wearing masks, you've been watching the preseason. Are you drafting players who seem to be wearing masks uh, more than any? Have you taken any notice of that? Uh, Yeah, it does seem like... I, I have noticed that, you know, some guys are doing a better job of wearing a mask, albeit all of these guys are getting tested on a day-to-day basis, um, and the mask is just an extra precaution and also a good example for the general public, for kids out there and everybody else watching the game. Um, is it going into my fantasy strategy? No, not at this time. And are you doing anything different planning for the coronavirus hit or the Rona as we call it in Australia? You know, uh, I'm not a commissioner of any leagues. I do believe that, you know, we should look at additional IRs uh, if possible on a case by case basis, if that works for the commissioner, because you guys don't want guys to go out there and stockpile uh, good IR guys uh, to just put on their roster. Um, But I would just say that if you're, playing in a fantasy basketball league this year and you're the commissioner be a little bit more sensitive to other players teams if you know let's say they have two guys on let's say they end up with Simmons and Embiid and the Sixers can't play for 10 days because of some sort of infection that's going through the team I think you need to uh, be sensitive to that and maybe add uh, additional IR spots or grant some sort of exemption, whatever is possible uh, within the league uh, settings. All right. So just a couple of rapid fire ones before we let you go. Uh, Okay. So are you smarter than our other guests that we've had this week? So first of all, who is your fantasy ride or die? Which player do you seem to get more than any other and why? So like I said, I'm in four leagues and I have four shares of OG Ananobi. I didn't know that going in, uh, but coming out of it with four or with all of my teams having OG, clearly that's my ride or die. Uh, okay, so next one: Will you draft Demarcus Cousins over guys like Tom Bryant, Rashawn Holmes, or even Narlene's Noel? Uh, maybe on Noel. The other two, definitely not. And who gets your juices flowing in the second round? Because the second round seems to be. A little bit of a, a horror show when it comes to drafting this year. Uh, who gets your juices? Uh, the flying? Nets. The Nets. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Those two guys get my juices flowing for sure. <laughs> Beautiful. Look, thanks very much, Stephen. Where can we find you uh, on Twitter if we want to uh, connect with you? Uh, so it's going to be at Stephen Vitovich. That's uh, Stephen spelled like Stephen Curry. Uh, and then last name. Uh, Vitovich, you could try and spell it uh, or you just Google, I don't know, Steve from Hoopball. Maybe that'll work. It works for Dan. It works for Dan. for me. (laughs) That's all right, man. Look, uh, thanks for joining us, Steve. We'll get you back in again soon. We appreciate everyone tuning in. We've got uh, some more hoops to discuss, including my balls tomorrow. Make sure you tune in for that. Uh, Until then, good day. Hope everyone's uh, had a fantastic day. We look forward to talking to you soon. The Box Score Breakdown. I am Scotty. You can find me at the Hullander23. Mr. J, you can find him at Mr. Jolly of Sydney. Thanks very much for joining us, guys. Chat soon.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.